0: Listen to The Rewinding Minute with Leon.
1: The following episode is commercial-free, courtesy of the listener support contributions to The Rewinding Minute. Please consider contributing to the podcast to help us remain commercial-free.
0: Thank you for tuning in to episode 6 of The Rewinding Minute. I'm your host, Leon, and I'm joined by special guest, Alex K.
1: So I'm Alex K. Uh, me and Leon have known each other a really long time, and I uh saw this podcast and I thought it'd be a great opportunity. So uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Leon.
0: Of course, Alex. Thank you for you know t- accepting the invite because I I really feel like you have good experiences, thoughts, ideas to share with the audience, and I think when people listen to your experiences, they'll will be informed and educated about certain things that. They may not have known before, and to those people that have knowledge of what Alex is about to be discussing, you'll just learn a different perspective from someone who shares a similar passion and interest. So, you went to SUNY ESF, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
0: So, SUNY ESF is in upstate New York?
1: Yep, uh, Syracuse, about uh, six uh, six hours or so from here.
0: Okay, so... Um, what is SUNY ESF for those that are not familiar with? That that's uh,
1: a state college in New York, uh, College of Environmental Science and Forestry.
0: Okay, so that's, see, like right there, we're talking about environment and we're talking about forestry. So, what was your major at your time there?
1: My major was environmental resources engineering.
0: Can you explain a little bit about what that major entailed?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people probably get confused when they hear environmental engineering. They get kind of hung up on what environmental means. Uh they think of nature, which sure is a big part of uh environmental engineering, but really uh not only is the natural environment the environment, but also the built environment. So and and en- engineering is is a uh field which attempts to find solutions to problems so environmental engineering is very broad and uh, people who major in what I do a lot of times go off in all different directions so I still right now I'm not sure exactly what I want to do but uh, I've always been in- interested in environmental issues and the school appealed to me so I did four years there and graduated in May.
0: Well, congratulations. Thanks. So let me get this straight. If I am not if I'm not understanding it clearly and if other people are listening and they just want to kind of, you know, understand it a little bit more. So <laughs> the major that you studied is broad? Oh yeah. So are you can you market yourself? Can you apply to jobs like civil engineering, mechanical oh, yeah. engineering?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of overlap uh, between environmental and civil, and I think that can work to my advantage. Um, you start with basic uh, basic classes like uh, general biology, general chemistry. I hate those things, but uh, we get through them. And then as you go along, you get into more, uh, more engin- specifically engineering classes, but they're really wide as far as what they cover. Um, things like geotechnical engineering, which is if you're going to build a building or any kind of structure that's, uh, deals with the, uh, the ground below it and whether or not it would support the building. So, uh, fluid mechanics is, um, you know, engineering dealing with, uh, moving fluids, uh, surveying, remote sensing. That's, uh, aerial image analysis. And like stormwater management is an elective that I took. So you get the idea of um, just how broad the topic is. And, you know, some students gravitate towards certain areas and know exactly what they're going to do. And others go through the four years and at the end still aren't exactly sure. And that's that's the position that I'm in.
0: You know, understandable. So, Mm -hmm. Is your major, like, are there tracks or concentration areas, or was it a general broad major? Well,
1: I I was given certain ch- choices to, um, of what classes to take, like, um, the stormwater class I I chose on my own, air pollution engineering I chose on my own, um... I did more math than some some people did just because I like it and was able to get credit that way. But, and I didn't didn't minor in anything. A lot of people did, but I was like, I need to focus on getting good grades in the classes that I need for my major.
0: Okay, um, so you put that priority first. Mm -hmm. Did you have room for a minor or did it kind of just work out that way?
1: I could have. I, I d- didn't have uh, the maximum credits for all my semesters, but I uh, I really just wanted, you know, I mean, some sometimes I felt overburdened as it was. I didn't want to throw anything else on.
0: Okay, so for people that are wondering why, you know, Alex K didn't, you know, <laughs> get a minor, that's that's fairly reasonable because when you think about it, you know, we're we're both, you know, college students, we graduated, you know, it's, it's not really how much you do, it's what you make out of it. So mm-hmm. can you tell us about your internships? If you had, you have one internship, you have multiple internships?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, for in the summer of 2016, I was, you know, all summers, I was back on Long Island. So that was kind of a little bit annoying because I didn't want to stay upstate but anyway I was here looking for things and I wanted to do something kind of environmental but I kept you know kept seeing things and then they didn't work out or whatever but I was here and I ended up taking an internship with the town in the planning department that was just uh, a couple hours every week of um designing parking lots which i had no idea anything about i really just took it because i had nothing else to do and i needed something to fill the time so i was doing that and that was in in the uh in the planning department so the lady who was very nice she really wanted to help me out had me uh doing land use you know working on land use plans so a land use plan is um, something that the town uses in order to set s- certain standards for how a uh, how a certain area will be developed. And one of the problems with one of the local um, streets in, in Setauket, if if you're familiar with it, is Woods Corner Road at the corner of uh, 25A and, and Nichols Road, and they have a major parking problem. So what I was doing was I was using uh, SketchUp, which is a software kind of like... AutoCAD, and uh, designing the parking for that. And that internship it didn't even last that long, but it's how I met my current boss, which was pretty nice. And that's how I got the job that I have now.
0: Okay, so a little tidbit, you know, a little, f- you know, uh, fun fact. Well, not really a fun fact, but a little, you know, two cents from from Leon and Alex. And your relationships, your social relationships your work relationships are important because you can network you can meet people and it will benefit you in the long run so don't don't rule anybody out until you don't necessarily need to you know go in that general direction but you know like you said Alex you you met your current boss at your internship from at uh during a summer internship in 2016 so you know your current boss is someone you met over two years ago so the power of networking, the power of you know being active, being engaged, and asking questions, and you know exchanging information with people—that that will come in handy.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had no I had no idea that was what was going to happen. It just uh, just kind of came about you know, by conversation.
0: So, you know, speaking of your current you know job and your current boss, where where do you currently work, and how has that progressed, and how has that been you know uh, influenced? by your studies at ESF, and how does that, you know, you know, just, I'll let you talk.
1: Yeah, so, so when, I, when I was in planning, uh, she, the, the woman that I worked with knew that I was an environmentally minded person, so she was always having me talk to the environmental people, and uh, one of them was the guy who hired me, uh, and he uh, manages the shellfish restoration program, and that's where I work now. Uh, on a temporary basis, that's a summer thing, runs from like May to November, and what that is is the um, Long Island's waters uh, fa- are facing quite a few problems, and one of them is based uh, is algal blooms, and algae, which is ver- can be very detrimental to the fish populations. Uh, it relies on nitrogen as the main nutrient that it uses uh, in order to grow, so. We, uh, you know, we have rust tide and brown tide, all these things which kill fish, and that's a result of high nitrogen levels in the water. So shellfish, mostly oysters and clams, uh, naturally denitrify the water. A um, An oyster can filter 50 gallons of water a day, and that, uh, in doing so, it turns the nitrogen into a solid. It falls to the bottom, and that takes care of that problem. So the town uh, receives grants from all different places, uh, the state being a major one, uh, with the intention of bringing back, you know, fish populations. And one way to do that is denitrifying the water. So they they send the town and other little groups. There's nonprofits all over Long Island uh, interested in raising shellfish. So at the beginning of the season, we received. Baby clams and baby oysters from hatcheries and run them through our system. And that, uh, that enables us to plant them at the end and, uh, help with this nitrogen issue.
0: So does the town work with other towns or is it just the town that you work in that? Yes.
1: To some extent, uh, the town of Islip, town of Babylon, have similar programs. Um, mainly, we work with nonprofits. There's like a nonprofit in Bellport. There's a Stony Brook Yacht Club. There's the uh, – I'm not thinking of anything okay. There's the Nature Conservancy, all these different groups that do similar things that we do, and we work with them. They take animals from us. We take stuff from them and basically, you know, just have the same – common goal
0: okay cool so just to, just in case the listeners are not too familiar with the geography of long island long island is a part of new york state it's actually an island the name long island is really an island it's not it's not a fake you know name the island is connected we have bridges that connect to you know, different parts of the state and to other states in the United States. So where you work, it's there's there's two main shores on Long Island. There's a North Shore and the South Shore. The North Shore, that body of water is the Long Island Sound. And then the South Shore borders the Atlantic Ocean. So in terms of your experience working in the North Shore beach, what do you... Obviously, explain, I guess, I'll let you explain what the beaches are like, uh, North Shore compared to South Shore.
1: Sure. Yeah, there's huge differences between North Shore and South Shore beaches. Um, well, I work in Mount Sinai Harbor, which is near Cedar Beach. It's on the opposite side of Cedar Beach on the on the inner portion. Uh, North Shore beaches don't have as big a waves, and the rocks are all over the place. I much prefer South Shore beaches where the uh, the sand is fine and it's much easier. But uh, I, what I do, we uh, the oysters that we raise mostly fill Mount Sinai Harbor on the North Shore. Clams, the priority is restoring the clam population on the South Shore. So we take those down to the Great South Bay and plant them. Um, recently, I did... A planting of clams in, in Bellport Bay, which is part of the Great South Bay. And yeah, it's very different on the South Shore. Just in a, in a lot of ways. You'd know if you were there. It's, you, you separate, you're between, uh, Fire Island and Long Island. And it's a much bigger thing versus up here where you just have little harbors and Connecticut on the other side.
0: Right. So, uh, on the North Shore, you could take, a ferry to over to Connecticut, uh, Bridgeport, Connecticut. And, um, on the South shore, like you said, you go to Fire Island and, uh, Fire Island is still part of Long Island, still part of New York, but, uh, you need a ferry to get to Fire Island or can you get there other ways? I forget.
1: Yeah, well, you could, you could take a ferry, you could take your own boat out of one of the harbors or, um, you could take the Robert Moses past, um, Whatever that is, I guess that's considered Gilgo Beach or whatever Jones Beach Island. You keep going, uh, out of like West Islip. The Robert Moses Causeway drops down, and that's the other way you could get there. But uh, there are little, a few little ferries, and one goes to that that Davis Park, which is pretty nice, and I was there pretty recently.
0: And is Davis Park a beach, or is that?
1: Yes, it's a it's it's a little community with a beach facing the uh, Atlantic Ocean.
0: And is it a is it a county? Is it a town? It's a
1: town town facility.
0: Town facility. Okay, you know, for people that are not Long Islanders listening, there are a lot of different you know uh, classifications. Um, there's town beaches, there's county beaches, there's hamlets, there's villages. Like obviously. Fairly similar to other, you know, regions and states that have their own classification. But sometimes even us Long Islanders get confused on what is what because it's all. <laughs> I don't know about you, Alice, but sometimes things get confusing. Is is this town hamlet? Oh. Is it a town? Is it a village? Is a you know? It's, yep. There's a lot of different things that really go on. So, what is what is Cedar Beach at Mount Sinai? What kind of is it? That's
1: also the- a town beach. Also, a town of Brookhaven owned.
0: Right. So it's under the jurisdiction of the Brookhaven Township. Mm-hmm. Um, so what have you encountered while you've been working at the beach the past, you know, couple years in terms of marine life or just, you know, uh, people that frequent the beach or, you know, companies or nonprofit organizations that, in, that frequent the beach or come to, you know, collaborate? Like, what have you seen at your workplace? I guess that's the general question.
1: Sure, yeah, all kinds of stuff uh constantly seeing things in the harbor, different birds, egrets, cormorants, um tons of you know people say the horseshoe crabs are dying off well, if you know where to look, you'll still find them uh, you know fish we actually the other thing that the uh environmental people do is we uh, bring animals into the nature center for public education purposes um so we have traps on the uh, inner harbor, which catch fish and crabs, lots of blackfish, porgies, uh, all kinds of stuff. And that's that's constantly going in and out. Um, there's indoor tanks and outdoor tanks. We maintain both of them. And uh, all kinds of people come down there. And, uh, you know, some are more interested in, in the animals than others but they, uh, they generally enjoy it. And, uh, as for the groups, uh, yeah, the nonprofits, they come and take clams and stuff and we generally have a very good relationship with them. And, uh, usually those are the types of people who are interested in what they're doing. So, uh, you know, the town appreciates what they do also in there. It's always nice to see different people coming from different places, uh, doing similar things to what we do
0: that's great so it's it's a very busy spot on the north shore Mm -hmm. so have you you know i hate to ask this question but it's it's a question that is you know plausible like do you see the amount of pollution garbage do you see you know marine life or uh birds or any other type of aquatic or even just general animals like are they covered in the pollution by the are there things that you know the services you uh you work for? Like do they help those, you know, animals and sea critters kind of be free from these, you know, uh things that prevent them from being able to live? Because, you know, we hear on the news and we what we read and what we see and what we hear, it's you know, a lot of the pollution gets, you know, put into the ocean, it gets put into the sound, it gets put into the waters, and it affects the marine life.
1: Sure, yes. Um, We see all kinds of stuff like that. Um, And the Division of Environmental Protection, obviously, is trying their best to cut down on those things um, and help animals and, you know, bring back fish is one of the number one things that we're doing. So our program does that. But also there's other initiatives, you know, sewage is a major problem on Long Island's polluting the waters and that's just a result of old developments. We never said we need a, you know, city sewer systems. So all houses around here have septic tanks. The waste goes right into the septic tanks and leaches through the, into the groundwater and eventually that gets out to the ocean. So, uh, you know, this, the town, the county, the state, really, it's an initiative to, to disconnect those septic tanks and introduce sewer systems, but it's millions of dollars. And the truth of it is, Long Island has just been so overdeveloped that, I mean, you can treat the water, but you're still going to have waste going out into it. And, you know, that is a major concern of uh, of environmental protection.
0: So, you know, I'm, I'm throwing in facts and kind of little details about Long Island itself. And for those of you that don't know, you know, you know, many years ago, decades ago, like before, you know, Long Island was, you know, kind of in a way, all right, I'll, I'll give you an example. So with the East end of Long Island, the East end would be, you know, a a portion of Long Island, which is, you know, towards the North Forks and, a lot of that land, a lot of that area is, you know, farmland. A lot, It's not very industrialized. It's, it's very, you know, small mom-and-pop shop. It's very, you know, commercial-free. It's really, you know, a sight to see. But when you get to Central Suffolk, Western Suffolk, Nassau County, that's very industrialized. It's very suburban. And at times you feel like kind of just a, you know feed off of what you just said about the environment and how Long Island has, you know, been developed a lot, you know, in the century, it kind of plays into like Long Island is still growing. It's still growing after all this time. And the population is booming. There's, there's a lot of residents, a lot of commuters, a lot of tourists, you know, always frequenting the Island. And what you say about the septic tanks is, is a big issue because, What we put into the sewage and what we put into the waters ultimately affects the animals, the marine life, and it affects us as well. And have you – this is a little random question because I like to jump all over the place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you seen any sharks at your workplace?
1: (laughs) No, not personally. I've heard on the news in other areas people seeing them.
0: All right, so you know, fingers crossed or fingers uncrossed, depending on how you want to per- perceive that. You know, shark sightings are not the most ideal. You don't you don't necessarily want to see a shark because that means something's really going on. Um, but at the same time, like you want everyone to be safe. So it, in in theory, it would be cool to see a shark, but in at the same time, it's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in terms of your work, um, do you see yourself working in this type of environment uh, beyond your seasonal work, or are you open to other areas within this field?
1: Yeah, well, that's a good question. I'm open to a lot of things, including this. So when I'm applying for jobs right now, shellfish, and that's definitely one of the areas that I'm putting a lot of effort into. Um, but I'm, but I am open to anything. I do like working outside. I'd much rather have the kind of job where I'm not always in the office. So that's being factored into it, but really I'll do anything. So, and just, you know, I'll do something and see if I like it. If I don't like it, I don't have to do it. So really I'll, I'll do anything, but I I have really enjoyed this particular job. And if I could do, you know, that's the issue is it is seasonal, but maybe there is something year round that uh, is similar to this that I could, that I could do for, you know, a long-term thing.
0: That's great. Um, Anyone out there who, who has connections, reach, reach out to Alex, get him, get him a job, get him, get him something that he loves doing. He has a passion. He has an interest. He you know eco-friendly he cares about the environment like come on this is this is someone you want in your organization um so about is there anything else you wanted to talk about regarding your academic studies your internship your work experience and just you know long island in general
1: um just a general note is i had with this job i had no idea that I was going to like it. I had no idea, you know, I thought, eh, whatever. I, I, you know, went to ESF because of my interest in environmental issues, but I had no idea about shellfish. And I, you know, I just happened to run into the guy who, who does this and started doing this, not knowing what to expect, and really enjoyed it. So that's what I got out of it, and that's my advice to anybody else is try things because you never know what you're going to like.
0: Well said, Alex. You know, keep an open mind when you are applying and/or you know researching companies and organizations because in your mind it's easy to dislike things. It's easy to you know push things to the side and not really want to give it a try. But when you actually do it, that experience might be the complete opposite of what you expected. And I'm not saying that you didn't like it, you know, prior to going into it. But obviously, with certain things. You really have to go for the push. Once you do it, that when you get engaged and involved in something, that's when you know if you like it or not. You can't. It's nothing in the mind really sticks until you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I I gotta I gotta bring this in here. This is not related to our current conversation, but you know, we've known each other for a long time. For for those of you that don't know, we've known each other. Since,
1: since kindergarten I mean,
0: kindergarten so kindergarten is a long time where we're you know fresh out of college you know um so we've known each other for you know most of our lives uh, mm-hmm. and we like to talk about novelty things we, we like to discuss novelty we like to talk about consumer issues and consumer products consumer organization anything involving consumer we like to talk about anything Alex is a very easy going person and he knows a lot about different topics so Before we get started before we get started, all right. So one thing I wanted to ask you, Alex, is what what type of music do you like? Well I know what kind of music you like, but what kind of music (laughs) do you I mean, I want you to tell everyone the type of music that you listen to and the type of music that you want people to, you know, check out.
1: Yes. So I listen to a lot of different types of music. But mostly my main area in music is The hits of the sixties, seventies, and eighties; those, to me, are my favorite decades. Probably because that's what my parents listened to. That's how it started. But um, yeah, and I mean, on Long Island, we have plenty of great classic rock and you know, hit stations that play music from those those times. Um, I always have liked that type of music, and you know, that's uh, that's what I listen to. I can't help myself, but uh, I'm always listening to old sixties. 70s and 80s music
0: shout out to billy joel
1: oh yeah (laughs) yep uh billy joel i saw at the coliseum i think two years ago and uh i would definitely go back
0: so what was what was that experience like what what is it like to be in a billy joel concert Uh, he's
1: he is and he's the entertainer i uh totally understand why why uh he has that title, um, he, you know, and, you know, some classic rock people wouldn't listen to Billy Joel, but, you know, he was very eclectic, um, did all different types of music, but, uh, you know, he was interested in a lot of, you know, he had influences from all different genres and, uh, brought it all together and was just a really talented musician. And, uh, <laughs> if you don't, if you haven't, I mean, his hits, everybody's heard, but, uh, you know, listen to his albums because, uh, you know, he, I, he's just one of my favorite, uh, favorite artists.
0: Mr. Joel, if you're listening to this, you know, you, you, you got to hook up Alex with some tickets. Me too, perf- preferably, but, um, you know, Billy Joel is is like a Long Island idol. You know, he's like a long, like a classical Long Islander Um you know, his story is pretty interesting because he he is the definition of a Long Island kid with the dream, with a passion, and who made it big. And uh you know, I, I we could spend a while talking about Billy Joel, but for now, maybe in the future, if you ever come back for another episode, we could dedicate the podcast to, to music, to other topics. But, you know, shout out to Billy Joel, Mr. Joel for your inspiration, your motivation, and you're just, you're just, you're the, you're the man. This is not sponsored by Billy Joel, by the way. I wish it was, but, uh, so how about, okay, so going back to the novelty topics, um, you know, we like to, in the past and even in the present day, we like to talk about, you know, defunct companies and just, you know, throwback moments and, you know, like, you know, me knowing you, you know, I know you're a big A&P guy. <laughs> Pathmark. Um, but, you know, Pathmark, Wall bounds, you know, that was yeah. your go to place. You go to supermarket. Am I right?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm still lamenting the loss of those guys. December 2015, the last time uh, we had them on Long Island.
0: You know, Pathmark, you know, Pathmark is, I don't care what anybody says, you know, Alex will back me up on that. Pathmark is one of the best of all time. You know, you, you put that oh, in the yeah. record books. You put it in the Guinness World Records of under the title of the best supermarkets alive. Well, I mean, you know, dead or alive. Uh, Of all time. So here's a funny fact. I mean, if anybody's still listening to this, this is a fun fact. Alex, you know, is known for his ability to be, you know, elusive. And he got, when Borders, Borders the retail company that you know handles music books you know all that it's it's basically what barnes and nobles is currently now but you know we'll never know with borders if it had that same potential and he got me a roll of (laughs) carbon paper it's still in my room it's still in my room alex so like next time we hang out i could i could send a picture to you of the carbon paper roll from borders and on the back of the on the receipt is is the Borders uh, information about return policy refund. So I still have it after all these. I don't remember when you gave it to me. Do you have an idea? Dude,
1: I fu- I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me, and I'm glad you still have it.
0: I I mean I'm a I'm a fan. <laughs> I I keep the. I'm a sentimental guy, so I will keep that until you want it back. But I think I'll lie to you if, if oh, you you're keep keeping it back. I'll probably just not tell you. I'll be like I lost <laughs> or something. But I still have that Borders. Uh, it's that's dude, that's that's historic. That's going that's going in the archives of defunct companies. So, and we we had you know Blockbusters, we had Circuit City, we had Radio Shack. You know, like any Mm -hmm. any words, any kind words you want to say about any of those companies?
1: Well, we well, we miss them. Uh, going down 347, I used to pass Best Buy and say to my dad, no, let's go to Circuit City. Can't do that anymore. But um, you know we move on. We got an Aldi out of that, which is pretty nice.
0: <laughs> so, you know, it's you win some and you lose some, but sometimes you lose all of it because a lot of those path mark and wall bounds are still vacant in our area.
1: Yeah, and that just tells you, uh, you know, it wasn't easy to operate there.
0: Hater's gonna hate, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, yeah, I just had to throw that you know part in there because we we always get a good kick out of talking about those things, and not not everyone necessarily has that same type of you know interest in those things. Like, I think people are age. I think we're a little. What I wanted to say before was, I think you're 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 a classic man. You're you're like a you're the type of person that, you know, you're like a jack of all trades. So you know a little bit about everything, but people in our generation are, you know, I don't want to fall into stereotypes, but you guys get the idea that Alex is a Renaissance man. He knows a little bit about everything. And, you know, like, I think if you ever run into Alex K in person, you probably will be like, Okay, we're gonna, they're gonna, he's gonna, they're gonna buy you the Billy Joel tickets to go see. (laughs) That's what's gonna happen. I'm not gonna get an invite, but you know, I, at least I made that networking happen. So before we end this episode, Alex, I just want to thank you for being a part of the podcast, episode six of the Rewinding Minute. And I would love to have you back as a guest in the near future. Do you have any? General thoughts, ideas, inspiration, quotes, anything you want to, you know, send out to the listeners, this is your moment.
1: Well, I, I think that uh, Leon, in his characterization of me, uh, you know, hit the nail right on the head, and I could say the same about him. So, uh, I uh, appreciate you having me, and I look forward to uh, future podcasts.
0: Yep, you heard it first, uh, Leon in the Rewinding Minute, and... Alex K., thank you for tuning in to the Rewinding Minute podcast. If you want more information about any of the topics that Alex has talked about today, we can get you that information. You could contact the podcast or you could check out the website where there'll be links to additional information about his studies, his journey as an environmental, cautious, and conscientious person. So, thank you again, and thanks for listening. You've just been... We just caught up, Alex. We caught up. Woo! Take care, guys. Listen to the Rewinding Minute with Leon Sheck, only on Spotify and Anchor.